Welcome to the Pinelander Podcast, the official podcast of Pineland, broadcasting to you from an undisclosed location deep inside Pineland, where we discuss faith, family, finances, firearms, freedom, food, and everything else in between with those who believe in living free and living out the values that made this country free. Welcome to the Pinelander Podcast. My name is Paul Favor. I'm here with my Ranger buddy, Mike Blackburn. And today is Friday, uh, March 3rd, 2023. Here we are, just cruising right along in 2023. It's wild how fast this, uh, this year is going. Yeah, absolutely. Put that, uh, put that winter behind us. I mean, I, I, I live down here in Pineland for a reason. I like warm weather. So absolutely. I, I always like them when it starts warming up. Yeah, and we have, I think we saw, uh, or the uh, Puxatawney Phil, I think, <laughs> saw a shadow. So I think we had, you know, that much, the winter will be a little bit you, longer. You see they were trying to replace, they were trying to replace him with a human or something. Really? Yeah, they, they thought it was like, uh, I don't know. Not even, uh, not even Puxatawney Phil is now safe. Yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, so the, the, PETA, the PETA guys, <laughs> yeah, the PETA guys are just, you know, upset that, uh, you know, the, the groundhog had to, you know, had to do that every year, I guess, I don't know. Well, you know what PETA stands for? Uh, people eating tasty animals. <laughs> now, it takes courage to say that. Right? Ah, that's a transition. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, today we're, uh, we're moving right along with our five warrior virtues. And uh, we're looking at today is our uh, fifth virtue, which is courage. Uh, this is the first uh, virtue you think of when you think of a warrior. I mean, it's the very first thing, I would think. Most people... I like the way they're sandwiched, you know, honor yeah. up front and, and close it with courage. Yeah. So, and I, uh, you know, this is when I was a kid, you know, I, I put this out in the book also is I loved the Iliad. I still do. You know, the Iliad, Homer's Iliad, you know, eighth century uh, BC uh, epic about uh, heroes. You know, they got the Trojan War, especially, you know, Hector and, uh, Achilles and just that courage that uh, this displayed. Uh, and, you know, last time we were together, we talked about temperance and how, you know, uh, these work together. Uh, and so I think when we do this podcast, maybe some different aspects of courage uh, are going to be brought out more than what you would normally think of. And that was the idea behind the book, too, is most people think, oh, this uh, a chapter on courage is going to be really short, right? But it's more than meets the eye. There's a lot there. Yeah, there's a lot more there. And what I also wanted to do with courage is not just to begin with definitions, but then go back to uh, Bushido, go back to uh, antiquity, look at uh, you know our the old ballads and the poems and the old writings and and get you know get their ideas behind this too. Yeah, there is nothing new about courage. Exactly. Uh, so. Uh, let me just, if I could, start off with this quote. This by Winston Churchill. He says, I learned that courage was not the absence of fear, but the triumph over it. The brave man is not he who does not feel afraid, but he who conquers that fear. And that's true. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely true. You, so the idea is you, you sense fear, and you, know, you laugh in the face of it. You laugh in the face of death, and you just go on anyway. And, uh, and certainly there's different aspects of courage, not just facing death, as we'll see, but 
uh, when we look at warriors, uh, we're the guys that run to the sound of the guns. And so the, 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 it's a very uh, real reality that, you know, we could be quartered by the hands of war, it could be blown up, it could be killed. And so that's definitely the aspect of the real possibility of death. Yeah, I think we've always um, honored that. I, thought, I think we've always done a good job of honoring physical courage. Um, but I think, to me at least, what I find um, most um, interesting today really is is because in the environment today, I think moral courage is what really stands out. And when you see that person that you know is willing to throw it all away um, for what's right, to me that's pretty impressive. And and sometimes. Uh, I think more impressive than physical courage. Absolutely. Uh, so I, I didn't know how we were going to get to this, but um, the first thing when I think of with moral courage, one of my heroes is uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Uh, and he's interesting because I think this will segue into what we're also talking about. But if you don't know Dietrich Bonhoeffer, he was a Lutheran pastor in Germany at the time that Hitler was taking uh, power in the 30s. He was the first guy really to start speaking out against Hitler. And, uh, you know, that, that caused him a lot of trouble. Uh, he had to relocate. Uh, but he also, he started what's called the Confessing Church because the German National Church really was Nazified. It removed the cross and replaced it with the Hockenkreuz, the, uh, the Svastika, and it removed the Bible and replaced it with Mein Kampf. Uh, and so <laughs> and they helped, the, the, the German church, this is a known thing, helped the, uh, Hitler's Third Reich, the regime, round up the Jews and, and uh, shuttle them off to their deaths. And, uh, you know, uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer saw the evil of the regime, and he, he spoke out against it. And then uh, here's where I'm going with this. His moral courage was this. He started off as a conscientious objector. And if you, you know that term, he didn't believe that killing uh, was ever right. Uh, even as a soldier, but he went from that uh, to taking part in the uh, con- the attempt to kill Hitler, and he and what brought him to that point was moral courage. Yeah, that's a that's a heck of a transition there, isn't it? Yeah, it, it certainly is. And he saw, hey, you know, um, he saw the difference between killing and murder, and he saw that it was righteous. Uh, to uh, rightfully take him out. Take out the boogeyman. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, uh, since we're on moral courage, there's really, there's three aspects of courage I, I wanted us to look at. One is moral courage, one is uh, mutual courage, and one is mental courage. But since we're on uh, moral courage, uh, equally impressive, uh, and I bring this out in the book, is uh, I use Miley, you know, the Miley Massacre. It's very famous. Uh, you have uh, uh, Lieutenant Colley, you have a platoon of infantry, uh, and they end up in an area of uh, Vietnam where they suspect a lot of Viet Cong presence. Uh, and it's the village of Mylite, so it's very famous. They do the village. So they do the village, and as they're, this is happening, uh, one of the helicopter pilots that's uh, uh, screening, I guess, this uh, strike, uh, this uh, this operation is happening where they're murdering these folks. And that's what happens because there's no Viet Cong in the village. And, uh, you know, Kali, the lieutenant, this platoon commander, just ordered these people's 
uh, deaths. So we're talking kids, uh, old men and women. And uh, so that's, as that's going on, uh, one officer, Hugh Thompson, saw that and landed his plane, his helicopter, in between Lieutenant Colley's troops, or waylaying folks, and some other people that are just trying, they're running for their lives out of the village. And it was, uh, <clears throat> seeing that, you know, uh, he knew he could do something. He knew he had to do something. Something had to, that had to stop. And so he had the, the moral courage to, to set his helicopter down and even um, uh, ordered his uh, a door gunner if, you know, people, if they're coming after these people just to, just to shoot them up. And so he really stuck it out there uh, because he knew it was wrong and he was trying to do the, you know, what at the time no, no, looked like nobody else was going to do. And uh, obviously, terrible situation. The massacre left 500 uh, Vietnamese civilians dead. And uh, but uh, uh, the beautiful thing about this story here, the redeeming quality about this story is uh, the warrant officer Hugh Thompson actually did something. You know, he did something that looked like uh, he was taking a stand when everybody else was just kind of not doing the right thing. Uh, and so the, I think about this with moral courage. If you, if you think about this in the, in the church, you know, in this day of woke, you know, where we have uh, an immoral implosion, uh, when you take a stand for Christ, you take a stand for what the Bible uh, uh, proclaims, then you are in the majority. So you're one man with God is in the majority. And so you're on the side of right they say, you know, it's funny. They say, oh, you're not on the right, you're not on the right side of history <laughs> when they say those things. But this guy was on the right side. He definitely, if we could use that expression to redeem it, because it's been drugged to the mud, this guy was on the right side of history. This warrant officer Thompson did the right thing. I think it's, I think it's rare, uh, and I think it's extremely rare today. I used to, I used to get uh, frustrated um, thinking about. Um, the fact that so many people kind of go along to get along. It's always been sort of a, you know, something that's just frustrating for me to watch. But I think I'm, I'm probably not being realistic about, you know, what what really is is, is how, you know, the, the, the pressures and, and, and what have you that people are under. And I say that because I listened to uh, uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. one time. He was talking to uh, a, a a guy by the name of Brian Rose doing an interview and uh, RFK, you know, if I can just call him that, um, he said something that really kind of resonated with me. He was like, he had a sort of sympathy for people like that because he, he understood that uh, in, in, at least in his position, uh, RFK is, is fine. I mean, he's not, you know, he, he's going to, he's going to be okay. Okay. People have gone after him, uh, you know, trying to cancel, cancel him and cancel culture and what have you. I mean, he's impervious to that. You're not, you're not going to touch the guy. Okay. He's a Kennedy and he's got plenty of friends and he's got a network and, you know, he's going to be okay. And he realizes that he's in a pretty safe, uh, comfortable position. Most people are not. So for a lot of people, uh, Moral courage means giving up everything, their livelihood, um, their job, uh, their friends, uh, church, uh, sometimes family members. Uh, so, you know, a lot of times people will come up to you privately and go, you know, I support you. You know, I, I, 
believe in everything that you believe. But they're not going to come out and publicly um, make a stand because it's just, it would be just detrimental to them. Um, so I think we have to realize that. So again, I think one of the reasons why when I see someone just throw it all away and, and uh, you know, and we had an interview recently uh, where we, we saw a Marine Colonel do just that. Yeah. Um, you know, to me, it's very impressive because that's exactly what he ended up happening. You know, he lost his marriage, he lost his career, he lost his retirement um, for what he believed was right. And, uh, and I think that, and that's why that is so impressive to me. But I, you know, I, I think sometimes, and I think that's the reason why when you do see someone do that, you realize um, what they're willing to give up. Yeah, that's, that's an important point. Because uh, you look at uh, Stu uh, Scheller. Yep. And how uh, he was willing to take a stand on that. I mean, look what he gave up, uh, you know, a promising career. Uh, he was close to retirement. Absolutely. But, uh, but yeah, 17 years in and then just say, you know what? I mean, a lot of people would have said, hey, yeah, hey you got 17 yeah. years in, man. Yeah, you, don't do that. Yeah. Oh, you know he got those phone calls. Yeah. yeah. What are you doing, man? Just, just say you had a bad day and, you know, apologize. And, and there, there have been uh, many careers that have ended. Uh, you know, I think of, you know, I have so many examples I can think of. People doing the right thing and they know, hey, this is going to cost me. This is going to cost me a potential next rank or whatever it is. But I know it's right. I need to do this. And for conscience sake, this has to happen. And, uh, yeah, I believe he did that uh, for his conscience sake and also because it was the right thing to do. Somebody needed to do it. I mean, that's the the idea. If if not enough people are doing the right thing and they just said, okay, whatever, and the next stupid thing comes down the pike, then we're just herded up like animals in cages, like Planet of the Apes. Like if we just we just let them do all the dumb stuff, then that's what's going to happen. If there's no pushback, yeah, thank so God. Yeah, thank God for the. There uh, has to be patriotic pushback people like to the stuff. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, that takes moral courage to do that, and and I think, I mean, look at moral courage too, because most people, like you said, is they, they. Uh, how did you say it? They, they they get along. Well, there's there's he brought up two groups, and that was the first group was the was the group that even though they supported um, what was morally right, uh, they were not going to publicly make it you know make a stand. They were going to you know quietly sort of hang out in the in the shadows, if you will. Yeah. Um, because they, they just weren't willing to lose everything uh, due to it. But the other group that he talked about was sort of um, you know for lack of a better um, example. Uh, sort of the um, Stockholm syndrome type that that sort of uh, buys into the nonsense and almost becomes sympathetic with uh, the system that's perpetuating this sort of um, uh, evil, if you will. And there may have been a lot of that in, in maybe Nazi Germany as well. I'm not sure if a lot of people sort of kind of just bought in. So, absolutely, uh, any any sort of threat to uh, this, this, this evil apparatus, um, you know, they were willing to attack, yeah. you know, to defend the, the, uh, their protectors. Right. Um, so there's really those, the two groups I think most people probably fall into. And that's why, you know, at least for me, I think for most men, physical courage is easier 
than the moral courage that you're speaking of because uh, I think it's very easy to get in one of those two camps mm. uh, yeah. where you're where you're sort of uh, involved in it and defending it and sort of you know the buy-in or you're in a position where you're not willing to suffer the consequences of taking a stand. Yeah, absolutely. And and on the uh, on that note with the the Third Reich, I, I mean, there is of course we know about the the night the night of the long knives, Kristallnacht. There's a lot of people that got taken out early on, and a lot of it's competition and people that weren't going to stand for it. They just got they killed them all, and uh, you know so that's the extreme example. But then you have other lot many other examples in history, you know enough people doing the right thing, and then that writes the the ship, you know gets us back on course. So the other thing I, I did with this book is I wanted to start with mental courage, and that that's. Uh, and the reason why I did that is because I believe in the primacy of the intellect. So just like in temperance. Uh, the, so is that is, okay, so uh, I know you're going to go into this, but yeah. is this like the um, mental courage? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, there's an education aspect to that. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. So you, you, you need to you need to get up off your butt and, and, and assess the facts, right? Take in the facts. Um what else is that? I mean, what is that? How is that different from moral courage? So mental courage differs from moral courage in the sense that uh, in mental courage, you're getting your mind right for, um, uh, and this is where it is almost antithetical to staying in the present. And so Stoics do this too. Stoics would imagine something that could be absolutely catastrophic. And you kind of go there in your mind and you go, okay, I can kind of sense what that would be like, and 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 I've kind of already gone there, so I can kind of I can deal with that. Yeah, so it's a mental preparation. Yeah, so it's like okay, uh, yeah, I can see myself dying. I'm putting on my armor and all that, and here we go. And I can already see my body just waylaid, and they'll put me in that uh, body bag right there, which I'm putting in the truck, and that's okay. It, are you sort of role playing scenarios? Yeah, that, I mean um, loosely, but it's kind of a. They kind of it's like or a, mental role play, a mental map, a mental role play. Yeah, uh, and and what I loved about this is why I love Bushido, right? And it, I think if you're a warrior, you should love this aspect of it, not the seppuku and some of the other stuff. We can leave that, right? But the mental preparation and the mental courage that's found in the Bushido code is is fantastic, and I, I have that uh, firmly couched here in this chapter. So let me just tease some of that out. Yeah, yeah. Right? So you have uh, from, let me just mention a couple of books. The first one, uh, you have uh, Inazo Natobi, uh, and he's writing uh, Bushido, uh, the, uh, about the Japanese warrior philosophy, Bushido. And uh, Natobi, he observes uh, this. Uh, I think it just encapsulates it. He says, for the samurai, a sense of calm, trust, and fate a quiet submission to the inevitable, that stoic composure in sight of danger or calamity became a kind of friendliness with death. That sounds sounds kind of strange, but uh, it's you're familiar with it. You're familiar with death, all sides of death, so it's it's okay. And so de- death to a samurai was not the end it's of... Not, it's not an unknown. It's not, yeah. It's something that he's... That's, uh, he spends quite a bit of time contemplating yeah. and um, is comfortable with. He's very comfortable with it. It's it's not like, oh, gosh, don't go there. 
they definitely went there. Uh, so they contemplated it and, and also contemplated it and also knew that it was inevitable. It's going to happen. Uh, and I think what's funny uh, about our culture now is if you want to talk about, if you want to notice uh, a taboo today, it's a death. You can basically talk about anything else and it could be really freaking weird. But you talk about death, it's a taboo. Like, why'd you go there? You can talk about anything else. It's nuts. Yeah. There's, well, there's always been, I mean, yeah, there's always been a fear of death. Yeah. I mean, it's just a, everybody has that, that fear, don't they? They do. But the idea, in the old uh, Puritans, uh, they have an expression that you die well. You die well. That's The goal is to live well, to die well. And, and because that the thing, is exactly because, because what the, the thing, yeah, because the thinking is we we're all you know we're all born, and we're all gonna die. Yeah, and we really have no um, say so in when we go, but we do have some say so in how we go. Would that, would that be Absolutely. an accurate sort of? Yeah, I mean, as much as depends upon us. Uh, I'll be, I mean, here's the idea also. Uh, with Bushido was not the idea was not to just be callous with you or your fellow warrior's life. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was not looked up in high esteem. So it's not to be uh, just throw yeah. caution to the wind. It's like, hey, when it's inevitable, it's going to happen. And so don't you don't have to f- run from your own death. It's okay if it comes down to it. And so here's the idea. Uh, we just outlined it in this idea. There's really just three things I think will bring this out. One, and this comes from another book by Yamamoto Tsunotomo, uh, Hagakuri. So Hagakuri is another great book. There's a lot of fundamentals in it. And one of them is, is this. There is nothing outside the thought of the immediate moment. So immediately you can see the relation to Stoicism, staying in the present, staying in reality. And then he, he goes on to say, there is surely nothing other than the single purpose of the present moment. Uh, a man's whole life is a succession of moment after moment. So just living in the moment. And so death's just going to happen when it happens. That's the idea. It's just inevitable. And in a sense that you just don't have control over it. It's just going to, it's going to come for you when it happens. And then uh, secondly, another uh, from another line of Haga Curry, because they have these, just aphorisms in the Hagakuri, and it doesn't really fit into a, a structure per se. So when you read it, you have this sense he's talking about one thing and another, but it's just the way it's written. Uh, the second one, uh, and I'm cherry picking some of these, is live firmly resolved in your inevitable death. So the idea is, you know, death's going to happen. It's inevitable, and you're just kind of preparing your mind for that. And it's not taboo. It's not a taboo. It's I mean, like this is just something that's just like, you know, whatever. Yeah. yeah. And now some people would think, man, that's just morbid. Right. Uh, why are you going there? It's because there is a very strong possibility of your death as a warrior. Think about the guys at D-Day. The yeah, ramp absolutely. went down. The MG42s rattling away. Right. There's a very good possibility you're not going to make it to the wall. You're right. not, especially on Omaha Beach. Right. You're not going to go over that cliff. Uh, point to Hawk. You may get mowed down on the way there on Utah Beach. It's a very strong possibility. And so they, and those guys, not, I don't know, you know, I can't speak for all of them, but some of the memoirs, they went there. 
They're yeah. like, hey, this is probably it. And they wrote their letters to their loved ones, and it's like, okay, that's it. And they just resigned themselves to whatever happens. Yeah. And that's all that he's saying. It's like, hey, and when you do that, you're not anxious. I hope you see the beauty of this. Yeah, I think I think you have uh, your like you said the the, the mental uh, aspect of that allows you to make better decisions. I would imagine yeah. because you're not paralyzed by you know the anxiety, yeah. the fear, and all you're these things that, you, by it. that you've yeah. kind of come to grips with. So now yeah. you're able to like clearly know. You probably increase your chances of survival. I would imagine just by. Absolutely, uh, being at peace with this with this mental preparation. Yeah. So now think about, uh, of course, the next thing that comes to mind is Dave Grossman, the fight or flight or submit posture type of ideas. Well, this circumvents the flight. Yeah. It just cuts the short short circuits the flights. Like that's not a possibility. That's not an option. That's no option here. And so the that's the mindset uh, that the samurai had. That's that was their goal, right? To do that. Uh, and then thirdly, uh, I love this too, is uh, Hagakuri, if you have this book, you should get it. Uh, line 62 is the rule of seven breaths. Uh, and oh, yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah. so the idea of, uh, I mean, seven breaths, you know, you're a medically trained guy. That doesn't take a lot of time. No. But it does take some time. It does. And so it's just amount of time. Needed. Yeah, and it, <laughs> we were just talking, we were just talking about temperance. Right. That rule of seven breaths. That is, good. That, that is kind of temperance in there. Yeah. So the idea is uh, we're not going to be, uh, there's no paralysis by analysis, uh, but uh, we're going to need to make a decision, right? And again, um, and I, I kind of snuck that in there, but it does fit with, uh, you know, mental courage because we do have to be discriminative and we're not being imprudent and just throwing ourselves you know, on landmines and stuff like that. I mean, and so some people think of Bushido as just a suicidal type of uh, philosophy, but not so, not so. Right, the kamikaze. Yeah. Now, no, the, now the, uh, uh, they disascribe, uh, Bushido codes subscribe for uh, supaku uh, when it was appropriate. But the idea is, yeah, live with honor, but die with honor too. Mm-hmm. And so the idea was supaku that, you know, you dis- ritually disembowel yourself. You could, uh, you know, restore your honor that was lost. So, I mean, you got to admire that without actually doing that yourself. I think there's a way to restore honor without actually doing that. But uh, And so I think that the best way to uh, describe uh, mental courage is the just the parable of the, the rainstorm. Okay. So the parable of the rainstorm, it's beautiful. It's a, it's a line from Hagakuri. It's it's almost like you could just you could excerpt it, and and it would stand alone all you know as it's as a standalone type of poem. So he writes this: uh, There is something to be learned from a rainstorm. When melting, excuse me, when meeting with a sudden shower, you try not to get wet and run quickly along the road, but doing such things as passing under the eaves of houses, you still get wet. When you are resolved from the beginning. You will not be perplexed, though you still get the same soaking. Yeah, yeah being an SUT instructor comes to mind. Oh, absolutely. You just, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, you're, you're doing ambush recox, yeah. and, you, you know, you try not to get, uh, you know, the water down, the, down your crack. Right. And you just but like, you know happened. what, just go for it, man. Just, just let, let it go. It's going to happen. And, and that's where 
he's going here. Yeah. Just kind of go there early. It's like, look, and if you think about this, getting soaked in the rainstorm is like, look, you're going to get soaked. And the same idea is you're going into an inevitable death. And so if, if you follow this logic, you just accept death as an outcome, as a high probability of an outcome. To me, so I'm, I'm trying to separate the mental preparation, if you will, from the mental courage. And I, yeah. I, what's coming to mind is um, the fact that you're going to spend the time going through what would be normally an uncomfortable mental exercise um, for the benefits of it okay, down the road or because of your chosen profession. Is that fair enough? I mean, we, t- we talk about the fact that, you know, death is kind of, you know, it's taboo. Yeah. You're not yeah. supposed to be discussing it, you know, let alone, you know. As you're sharpening like, your sword. He's yeah, like, hey, like, what are you, you know, what are you doing? Oh, I'm just, uh, just imagining my own death. You know, it's like, whoa, okay. Yeah. Yeah, you might need some counseling, chief, but uh, no, he, you know, he's doing the right thing. He's, yeah. he's has, he has the courage to. It's a resolution. Uh, it is a resolution to deal with yeah. that and kind of get yourself right. Yeah, it's like a uh, a mental will, right? It's like, hey, you know, my last uh, will and testament. So you're like, you're going there, and you're like, you can already kind of see that happening. And it's not the end of the world, even though it's your end of your history, right? end of your personal world. But Your time here on earth, I mean. Your time you know, here on yeah. earth. And so uh, they lauded this ability to do that, rightly lauded that, and in this, and the here's the 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 seatbelt here. We're not being imprudent with our lives, and we're not being we're taking prudent risks. We're not having suicide charges at machine gun nests where we know we're we're going to be toast. We're we're, do, we're executing, uh, you know, the uh, uh, our mission in a way that makes sense, and it's doable. It's a doable goal, uh, right. but we're like, hey, this. Obviously, as soon as we roll out of the wire, I mean, it's a good chance somebody's going to get killed. That's okay. I mean, that's what combat's about. It is. Yeah. Uh, also, with uh, police, I think this goes hand in hand with the, a lot of police. Unfortunately, are you know they could they could get maimed, killed out there. Yeah, and I think it's a good place to go to as law enforcement. Right. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's a it's a dangerous job. It's a dangerous job, and, and uh, it gets you know, more some, dangerous. Yeah, someone's got to go in and do it. Right. Yeah, and so you you uh, and we expect that yeah. we expect that of our warriors, we expect that of our law enforcement. Yeah, right. That was some of the complaints that we had down there with the uh, the school shooting situations, where it's mm. like, why didn't you guys go in? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. That case in point. Yeah, uh, and, and so I mean, the I guess what I'm trying to say here is for for Bushido, and what I wanted to bring out of this book is, death's not death is not the worst thing that can happen to you. The the worst thing there are worse things that can happen to death. And that is like dishonoring the United States, dishonoring your unit, you know, uh, you know, being a, a coward and and lose and your buddy dies because of you. Yeah. That, that's terrible, you know. And there's worse things than dying. Yeah, dying happens, but that's why I mean, soldiers die. That's what you do. That's part of being a soldier, part of being a warrior, a marine. It's going to happen, and you know. We've lost. You know, you could just look at look at all the wars we've had. We've we've had you know metrics, and that's just part of it. The sacrifice involves loss. Yeah, you brought up you, uh, you brought up D Day. So what yeah. comes what comes to mind, of course, is that that famous scene out of Saving Private Ryan. Yeah. You know, 
Yeah, somebody's. It's you have to pay for it in blood and treasure. To to freedom costs blood and treasure. Yeah, you know, and and, and I also bring this out too. I love uh, Shakespeare, and so you know Shakespeare is kind of uh, he's a conundrum. You know, Shakespeare is a troubled guy. You know, in the in the poem, you know, he's visited by his uh, his uncle's ghost, who tells him that you know he, his dad. Uh, Excuse me, his father's ghost because his uncle killed him. Anyway, so he's getting, he's kind of getting his mind ready, and he says, uh, "There's a special providence in the fall of a sparrow." And, and so the idea is, you know, uh, the fall of sparrow, the fall of dice, the flight of an arrow—it's all controlled by God. So the idea is, uh, God's providence are His most holy, wise, powerful, and preserving and governing all His creatures and their actions. So even flights of arrows how the die fall, everything. It's like even when a sparrow falls. And so he's like, hey, he's gearing himself up. So the idea is, as a Christian, uh, you're going to die when you're supposed to. You were born a certain time. God decided where you're going to be born. Look over in Acts 17 if you doubt that. He decided where you would live, all that stuff, and when you're going to die. Mm-hmm. And, and when you kind of go there in your mind, you go, hey, look, it's okay. And it's not fate. This is this is providence. This is God's working out all things for His glory and our good. And so He kind of goes there. So I think it's it's important to that's an important check. And we look at Bushido. That's not you know a Christian philosophy, but there's some aspects of it in it that are very important and useful. And so this just just kind of reminding our listeners this is kind of an eclectic type of uh, you know uh, cherry picking of philosophies that actually work. Uh, but definitely, the whole point is mental courage is a huge aspect of courage. You know, if you don't go there in your mind, then you're faced with a situation. You go, "Whoa, I wasn't ready for that," and and, and that could be bad. Yeah, I mean, I, you're I, behind the power curve. I had even. Uh, I don't think people think about mental courage. I, I mean, I certainly yeah. didn't. The two that come to mind, of course, were, were physical and and moral. Now, of course, but you know, a lot of and, and you know, and, per, and a lot of people. That, confuse uh, the two, thinking you know, mental yeah. courage is moral courage. It's, it's not. And I'm not saying that you know, courage doesn't happen without preparing yourself, because you know, a lot of Medal of Honor recipients, oh yeah, just that I've read, boom. they just do it, and that's their go-to. Uh, but what what harm can it do uh, to put the best foot forward and have that mental preparation? Uh, and that could just that could help us even more. You know, may we be you know. Uh, I think to be mindful of that is a, to not do that, to not have mental preparation, it, it seems to be lacking. You know, we're preparing everything else. Right. You know, our, our bodies, everything else. Why not get your mind ready? Absolutely. And so... Uh, Makes perfect sense. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, so we looked at moral courage, mental courage. And then one thing I bring in, out in here is uh, mutual courage. So I don't use... I have the three M's because you know, it's, a, it's a alliteration. Yeah, how does that work? Uh, I don't have the physical because I'm using it as mutual courage. So when I look at physical courage, I guess I'm seeing as a corporate aspect of courage. Oh, okay. And so the idea is mental courage is, is also, it's like the it's mind. It's all tied in. It's tied in. Yeah, yeah, I see. So you're doing the action, but so in mutual courage, I'm looking at, okay, as a body of men, how you can, how your courage can actually be beneficial to those to the left and right of you, and how that that can be. Well, you know, you hear that difference. You hear that term thrown around quite a bit. You know, courage is contagious. 
Absolutely. It is. And uh, so for that reason, I love uh, how Napoleon once said that uh, he uh, caricatured fear as someone that needed to be driven into the ranks of the enemy. And so corporate courage really does that. Uh, that's why he said that moral is to the physical three to one. You know, the moral being, hey, the, the metaphysical aspect, uh, uh, the, uh, the courage, the, you know, the intangibles are, are three times as important than are the physical. I think that's true, uh, you know, because uh, just for this example alone, uh, if anyone's ever served, you know, with a, you know, as a team and you're doing something dangerous, can attest how important it is to have that other person to the left and right of you and how important that is to, to kind of stabilize yourself. You're, you're going to go do something really dangerous and you're by yourself. It's a lot different than having your buddy there with you. You're right. like, Hey, he's sharing that danger with you. Right. Yeah. And, and, and just having that person there. Yeah. Misery loves it, company. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, it's just easier when you got those guys just, you know, they're going in and it's yeah. just like, well, you're going to, you know, I'm, you'll I'm, share the I'm, suck too. Yeah, I'm a lot more courageous when I'm in a stack with other guys. Yeah. Where I'm just by myself and I'm like it you know, it's just a completely different feeling. Uh and so I wanted to use here uh, I would be remiss not to mention Admiral James Stockdale uh who was a Navy pilot in World War, excuse me, in Vietnam. Uh but he was um uh, advocate. It was a stoic. So he he was uh he read stoicism. He he uh uh, applied that to his life. And, uh, and so he is known to have said once his plane was shot down, uh, over the skies of Hanoi that, uh, he's saying, I'm leaving behind the world of technology and entering the world of Epictetus. Hmm. And, and, uh, you know, so he ended up in the Hanoi Hilton and that, that hell hole there, uh, you know, to, to conditions that were very brutal. And, you know, he ended up being, living a lot like, uh, you know, in some sense, Epictetus, where he did not have a lot of control over his environment. And, and he, he, he had to draw from the truths uh, in, the, uh, in Caridion to kind of help him get on with his life and, and uh, not uh, just go to despair. Right. You know, because that's, that's happened uh, for those that, you know, that I have never experienced being a POW, but... Uh, from from the books I've read, Five Years of Freedom, and uh, I haven't read Admiral Stockdale's book entirely, but but uh, I did read his uh, speech that he, he gave. Uh, he gave a speech and uh, he talked about the the Stoic Warriors Triad. Uh, but anyway, when when he looked at the Enchiridion, uh and he he memorized these lines. So as he's in prison, you know, as he's getting shackled and discombobulated and they're just, you know, you know, uh, having a good time hurting him, uh, he was not only to go there in his brain and, and, and go to a good place, but he helped others. And so he actually, he developed uh, a, an acronym, acronyms. I mean, he's a guy after my own heart, right? Or I'm a guy after his own heart. But uh, the acronym is BAC US. So B A C. K and then U.S. United States, and admit bow, um, stay off the air, admit no crimes, and never kiss them goodbye and unity over self. And so just, just those, uh, uh, you know, being polite, right, and not uh, 
you know, doing saying something incriminating you at U.S., you know, not agreeing to something that could be egregious. And then, you know, just the idea of the unity created with this courage. You know, his, his courage was able to be communicated to his fellow prisoners. And, and that's really the aspect I'm trying to, to get here is, it, it, like you said, it's contagious. You know, and he, and he was courageous enough not just to think about himself. And so I love this idea of living for something bigger than yourself. You know, well, all of that, all of that mental courage that you had talked about, that mental preparation came to play. I mean, had he not uh, been familiar with stoicism, I don't think he would have fared as well. Yeah. I mean, think of the, the second and third order effects. I mean, he yeah. had a huge impact on all, on the, like you're saying, on huge. all those POWs. I mean, there, uh, I have read the accounts of those that served with him, that served with him in the prison, because right. they're still serving. That's right. Right, and and because of his courageous uh, stand and helping them, they his, were able to example. keep going. Yeah, yeah. his example, uh, and and uh, so that's the idea that uh, I think one aspect that sometimes is missed in courage. Uh, and so, if you have a, you know, it could really be a detriment to your. I mean, we've seen that. You you probably no doubt served, and you've seen someone done something cowardly, and you have this sickening feeling. And there's a sickening sense in the ranks that somebody did something really cowardly. And, and you just kind of want to cleanse yourself of that funk, you know, of, the, of that thing that happened. And then so just, you know, conversely, you know, the how, you know, the uh, those good vibes, if you will, you know, from uh, somebody that's willing to stick it out there that can kind of help you out. So something I, I think we uh, we also want to do with... Uh, these segments is look at uh, principles. So we kind of looked at this, and this this helps us to remind you know, reminds us of uh, of what to know and then what to do. And so uh, this is the the virtue that really puts steel in our spines, you know, um, in all its aspects. Now, courage. Uh, one of the things that you got there, which I really like, is um, as far as how it ties in with the other virtues. I think you make a point there in the book where it's the, uh, you know, courage is where other virtues are, are at, at their extreme, right? That's it. I mean, that is the principle. The principle uh, to know is courage is every virtue at its testing point. At its testing point. Yeah. So whatever it is, uh, you just pass it through the grid. And and so uh, these two really, I mean, if you look at all five of these, you know, you can't be... Well, you, can't, you can't have honor without integrity. Yeah. You can't have, you know. Exactly. Yeah. Just any of them. So they're, they're, they're all, they're all intertwined. Yeah. yeah. And, and but, but yeah, the beauty of this is uh, courage is every virtue is a test at its testing point. So you're tested with, uh, hey, you, there's a good chance you may lose your life if you keep going. Yeah, you're tested with that. There's a good chance you could lose your job if you say something about XYZ, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and just pass that through the grid. Uh, and so, you know, uh, these days, it's so easy to just kind of go along with the flow. That's what they're hoping. That's what they're hoping we do. Yeah. And that's the, the, the dangerous, uh, one of the more dangerous things is just to kind of fall asleep <clears throat> and just kind of, you know, um, with the whole tolerance thing and then kind of conform to the tyranny. Uh, tyranny hates. A courageous warrior. Yeah. Uh, no doubt. Um, 
tyranny cannot survive yeah. when there's courageous warriors. No doubt. Uh, I wanted to go a couple of uh, a couple of places in the scriptures too. I think a lot of uh, guys are listening to our podcast. Uh, uh, you'd be familiar with that, uh, but uh, if you're not familiar with it, in the the book of Revelation, the very last book of the Bible, uh, in the very last chapter, if I get there, and this is kind of off the cuff. You know, I didn't know I was going to go here, but um, it says. Uh, Revelation 22, and this is the last um, warning that Jesus gives in the Bible, the last warning of God in the Bible. Uh, and he says, verse 15, um, let's see if I got it right. Uh, but outside are dogs and sorcerers and sexually immoral and murderers, murderers and idolaters and whoever loves and practices a lie. But not only that, but... Uh, Let's see if I can find this. It says, those who lack, uh, help me out. This is what you shouldn't do as a preacher, is just kind of do, go off the cuff when you find this. But let me see. And this is why it we would, have it, Google It wouldn't here. be the Pine Lantern podcast That's if you right. run all over the place. But, uh, oh, yeah, sorry. I was in the wrong chapter. There we go. There we go. So 21.8, and you got to love Google on the fly. There you go. Right? Computers uh, are awesome. Yes. But uh, I could have never done this years ago. Pretty soon we'll get Chat GPT to be, a, be, a, be a, <laughs> one of the hosts on this thing. Uh, okay, so twenty one eight Revelation twenty one eight. But uh, but the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Yeah, which is everyone who's not courageous. Yeah, just just think about that. So it's just kind of a big deal for you to be morally courageous, to take a stand, to take a stand for what's right. Now, I mean, that's that kind of goes home, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, again, what are, <laughs> it's it's not you know it's not the fact that uh, you're going to escape death. Uh, we're not going to we're we're not going to escape death. Uh, but how you go out, you know, um, you know, go out, go out fighting for a cause, go out, go out on the right side. Yeah. Um, you know, you're, we're all going out, uh, but, but, uh, you know, do what you're supposed to do. Now I would absolutely, I would be remiss, remiss if I didn't mention, uh, Joshua chapter one. Now three times, this is, uh, the, uh, this is the leader of the people of God. They're going to go into the promised land. He's the successor of Moses. Uh, Joshua is commanded three times to be strong and of good courage. Be strong and courageous. Three times. Be strong and of good courage. Uh, Joshua 1, 6. And then verse 7, only be strong and very courageous. And then again in verse 9, have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid. Yeah, he's getting, he's getting ready to cross the Jordan and whoop some tail. Yeah. I mean, he's got to clean that place out. Yeah, and, so. and, and the command that uh, corresponds uh, prior to doing that is, you know, go there, have mental courage. Uh, and, you know, that doesn't have 21 explanatory points that Joshua is supposed to. I think he's supposed to get that, you know. And the idea is... At some point, you know, you could, you could nuance this to death, but courage is courage, and, and courage really—I didn't mention that—but it just means stout-hearted. 
Yeah, I like that. You, you don't have a heart that's going to fail. It's like not not for the weak or the faint-hearted, right? As they say in a school. I don't know if they still say that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I hope they. I hope they. Yeah. They are. But I think I think instinctively I like to, I like to think that instinctively we're born knowing right from wrong. Yeah. Um, I think we learn evil as time goes on. So I mean, uh, again, do you need to be taught righteousness? Um, sure, uh, we're supposed to, right? We're supposed to continue to um, learn that. But um, like what you said, be courageous on what you know instinctively. What you know, you know what right is, um, and be courageous and stand up for it. Yeah, I mean, and uh, you know, you could you find this all through the Word of God too. Is uh, the command to not fear, to be courageous, <clears throat> take a stand. Uh, and then, so that's, you know, in and out of uh, uniform, you know, and that's something that I've been challenged with is uh, the courage to kind of be the same guy all the time, you know, to be the, be the man inside and out. You know, so we talked about that with integrity. So the person who I am inside is also the person you know outside. Right. I'm not just some other secret person you know, and then I just kind of show you somebody else. It's like, right. I'm the same guy. And so I'm, I'm also not a Sunday Christian. You know, I live, you know, I have my uh, creed on my sleeve, if you will. I, I, I nail my colors to the mast. The summer soldier, the sunshine patriot. You're, yeah. the, you're the same guy all the time, regardless yeah. of if it's good, bad, uh, weather's crappy, whatever. Um, and that's the guy I want to serve in. with. Absolutely. Don't yeah. we all? Yeah. I mean, we all we all uh, admire those people. We all enjoy yeah. being around those kind of people. Um, you know, the phony the phony uh, always exposes himself. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, it's just you know, you just know it. Most people just know it. Yes. So the uh, so the two principles here. One, we have you know, like it comes from be no do. So right. So to know. Uh, the principle to know is courage is, is every virtue at its testing point. And then do is, it kind of goes back to Bushido and what we've been talking about. It's you, you sense danger or sense danger, but embrace it willingly. So to be more courageous, is that is that what you were talking about um, on the moral, or I'm sorry, on the mental courage? Is that kind of how we develop, I mean, how, you know, to be a more courageous person, I guess as I'm, you know, if you if you have a concern like, well, you know, am I, you know, if if in that situation, what would I have done? Mm. What, what will I do? Um, is that really where that mental courage part comes in, where you're really having to sort of meditate through some of these situations and try to try to so. reconcile, you know, what the appropriate response is, what what, you know. And then just hope that you do that, you know, when the time comes. Absolutely. I think I think this works because conversely, I think through, hey, uh, like somebody is picking on me, right? And I go, if you do this, then I'm going to do this. You know, you know what I mean? Right. You, you kind of go there like, hey, if that guy does X, Y, Z. Yeah, you're in the room. Then it's you know, You're in the corner. You're watching. Yeah. And, you know, your head's on a swivel, and you, and you see someone that's just acting weird. Yeah. And you're starting to roll. You know, now, now your brain's starting to roll through the, you yeah. know, and you're, and you're starting to develop scenarios, and you're keeping an eye on them, and you're yes. You know, so I so think, is it sort of the same yeah. sort of thing as that, that sort of mental preparedness? Yeah, I think if you just flip that in a good light, and that's also good to go to do that. I mean, you're, 
obviously, you know, in the active shooter world and all the nonsense going on, you, you need to be a one-man PhD. Your head's on a swivel and you're, you're protecting your family. I think on this note, though, you also say not just some part, somebody's picking on me, but you're thinking, hey, if they say, like people say, hey, you, you will, uh, that gun's coming out of my cold, dead hands. So they're already going there. There's an example. Yeah. That's mental courage. They're like, look, you're not taking my guns, man. You know. And, well, yeah, I think everyone has to figure out. It's, it's, you know, when they tell you it's time to get on the box car. Yeah. You know, are you getting on the box car or you know, I mean, where is where is the mm-hmm. line at? And yeah. and you got to kind of be thinking about all the, you know, these things sort of progress along, and you know, you don't you don't want to wait too too late because mm-hmm. it'll be too late. So you really kind of have to, I think you kind of have to mentally prepare yourself kind of like, you know, what am I going to tolerate? What am I not going to tolerate? Mm-hmm. And and sort of uh, figure out maybe some, you know, what the proper reaction is, what you're actually going to do. I mean, I think these are some of the things that just, if, if you're in charge of a family, I mean, I think you have sort of a responsibility to sort of uh, be kind of looking down, you know, the road a bit, right? And being kind of proactive. Absolutely. You have, I mean, we need to be proactive with, uh, I mean, that's something we always talk about as, as a husband, as a father, uh, we're looking at for outside influences that are pernicious from coming into our house. Yes. And so we're looking at those and we say, no, I'm not going to allow that, you know, to, to infiltrate my house. And, uh, and so you're, you know, that, you know, at least that's how my dad was and that's how I try to live. And, and, uh, so. And the appropriate response to it. Um, you know, there's some responses that are probably going to work better than others. You really kind of need to think about, you know, how you're going to handle a lot of these things. I think you're, I think people or families are getting hit more today than than probably anything else in the past that I can think of. I mean, other than like really <clears throat> bad times in, in history. Um, but in recent history, um, I think families are, are being assaulted by a lot more challenges than, than I certainly recall growing up. Yeah, I, I, I wonder if you would permit me to do this, uh, Mike, uh, since you're on the other side of this table. But uh, I can't help but using one more example from the word. No, let's do. We got we got but, we got time. Um, the the one I want to use is is very famous, and I don't know if everyone knows it, but it's the three friends of Daniel, mm-hmm. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Uh, Daniel three. It's very famous, and, and you know you have uh, Nebuchadnezzar. He has this dream, and then it kind of goes to his head. It's not supposed to. But the, 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 the image that is crushed uh, with a, a, a stone that's cut out of heaven and it destroys the whole image, it's not meant for him to be prideful. It's supposed to demonstrate uh, that God, the glory of God will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. And the church uh, is that, is Christ, is that rock, and church covers the earth. It will destroy all these other em- empires. Uh, but, you know, when you go into Daniel 3, uh, you know, we find that he sets up the image. And it's a lot like, strangely similar to this, uh, the dream. And uh, and then he promptly uh, commands everybody to bow down to it. And most people do. Right. And, but they don't. And they have the courage not to. And, and, and also there's a, a stiff penalty that goes along with not, not complying. And so it's like, hey, look, you know, hear ye, hear ye. They're told, hey, if you don't do this, you're toast. And and I love what they say. Uh, and I think uh, I think it goes 
it's important at this point to bring it out, but they, they say, even if, uh, we know that the, the God of heaven can deliver us, but even if he doesn't, we're, you know, if he chooses not to spare our lives, we're still not going to comply and, and break you know, uh, the first and second commandments by worshiping this image. Right. And, uh, and I love that, just that uh, stand that well, they again, take. Well, again, it's sort of... And kind they're of, together. It's kind of like, yeah, it's kind of like, it kind of brings out what you've just been talking about. So they had, um, they had the, the courage uh, to just do the right thing. They were at peace with the fact that there was going to be a stiff penalty. They were willing to pay it, not a problem. And they also had um, the courage of, of uh, being uh, in a team and being yeah. together and uh, not going in alone. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, uh, you know, what happens is uh, they're thrown in the fiery furnace. That's right. Okay, and we don't want to forget, mention this, but, and as they do, there's one like the Son of Man who's with them in the fiery furnace. And of course, uh, you know, there's men that are killed just throwing him in there. That is so hot. It's so hot, or right? yeah. seven times hotter than it normally is. But then as they're there, they come out, they come out unscathed. So their clothes are not singed. Uh, and everybody else that had been approaching that were, were gone because, uh, you know, the, the king was so incensed that they, they wouldn't worship this image. But, yeah, my whole point is uh, they just say, hey, look, we're not going to do this. We know it's wrong, and we stand together. And that took mental courage. I think that, you know, I don't think it's a stretch that as, you know, everything was leading up to this point right. that they went, we're probably going to go in that furnace. And they just said, hey, we're, yeah, we're go. going. Yeah, we're going. We're going. And, and so they have the, you know, the, the mental preparation already there. And that's why they said, look, even if he doesn't, God, the God of heaven is able to deliver us, but if he, even if he doesn't, we're still not going to do it. And, I, and I, I think it's not a stretch to say, hey, look, as I serve, you know, the God of heaven is able to preserve me out of this battle and bring me back safe. He can bring me back from the shift that I'm on right now. But if even if he doesn't preserve my life, I still can't lose because if I have faith in Christ, I can't lose. And death is the entrance into glory right. if you're a believer. So and you just can't lose. Yeah, when there's, and there's uh, no shortage of warriors that, that'll tell you that's exactly what happened to them, yeah. that they, they came out on a situation on the other end that they did not expect to come out. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I hope you guys uh, also encouraged from that. Uh, they're very much encouraged from it, and uh, you know this is also something I think that we that uh, we also need to just focus on. And so, you know, if I can just leave with this, you know, it's uh, courage is the virtue uh, that enables us to sacrifice for our, our families, our loved ones, so that uh, our nation can have a tomorrow, even if it costs us our today. And it's available on Amazon or Barnes and Noble or right the Five Warrior Virtues. I mean, this yeah. is where this stuff's come out. We've, we've uh, I, 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 I think we've done a pretty good job of at least uh, articulating these virtues. So you know, if you're sitting around going, "What are Warrior Virtues?" I think you've had an opportunity to at least uh, get a, a nice taste for what's uh, what's in the book. But the book has a lot more. Mm. Uh, so enjoy the book. Um, you know, we wrote it for you know the, uh, all those warriors out there. Um, trying to return to first principles, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so we're hoping that uh, this book uh, helps helps do that. All right, thanks. Thanks, people, and uh, see you next week. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Pinelander Podcast. 
If you enjoy our unique content, please consider supporting our sponsors. Soft News, providing special operations news from around the world. It's where Paul and I go to keep abreast of what's going on within the soft community. Check them out at soft.news. Blacksmith Publishing, been serving the warrior class since 2013. They have great titles written for warriors, by warriors. If you're looking for excellent reference material or just want to unwind with a great novel, be sure to check out the bookstore located at blacksmithpublishing.com. And if you're looking for some cool Pinelander apparel, head on over to the General Store located at pinelandergeneralstore.com. That's all one word, pinelandergeneralstore.com. Have a great selection of shirts, hats, jackets, sweaters, stickers, patches, artwork, and a whole lot more. Check out the store at pinelandergeneralstore.com. If you're interested in helping develop our country's next generation of warriors, uh, please consider donating to the American Agogi Project. The mission of the project is to foster an environment producing able-bodied citizen warrior men of fine character. And we'll be officially launching the project in 2023 in celebration of uh, Blacksmith Publishing's 10th anniversary. Until our next meeting, stay mentally and tactically smart, physically and spiritually strong, and socially astute. To each other, we pledge our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. May God continue to bless Pineland.